Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamflot and Michael Sidgwick, here to look back on everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Now Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT, but oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a quiz, of course, on WrestleCoach. As said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review Monday Night Raw. What do you make of this week's show, Hamlet? Garbage. Absolute rubbish. This is a stupid chancing company that chanced its arm far too much. Well, it chanced Cody's arm far too much and has left itself uh, short on proper main eventers. This was this was like a bad Raw, but we have bad Raws all the time. So like, gonna, I was going to say, I didn't want to, like bias your opinion, but yeah. I was going to say, they're on a bit of a run heading into well, this. So this is the thing. And then like, it all fell to pieces. This was a bad Raw. They after, spanned their wheels on this one, didn't they, basically? Yeah. Off off the back of, like, some half... Like, to my taste, some half-decent WWE of late. Um, and then Cody goes down injured. The Roman Reigns push is still, like, fraudulent, ultimately. Mm. And, like, pressure was heaped upon the shoulders of... It was Riddle this week. It could eventually be Edge whenever he makes a return. Whatever. Like, the lack of stars. There's going to be somebody per week that's going to be required to look and feel as if they're, like, a main event talent. This week, it was Riddle's turn. Uh, it didn't really work. And then you just, you're exposed to how lopsided it all is with a champion that really never appears, with a company that creates content more than it tells stories. And it just, oh, it was, like, a real freewheeling mess of a show nothing nothing felt like it landed with any sort of impact whatsoever a proper like in the olden days a proper crowd would be rioting and asking for refunds but everybody has just been beaten down by the churn that they'll just be like well i came to a roar like i saw some segments i saw the stars i saw a few entrances like that's what you pay for the ticket for now this is the kind of rubbish that once upon a time wouldn't have stood and just does now the the final hour I thought, not to f- reflecting anything on the people as always, but I was like, ooh, none of this feels like a main event. And then the show just ended. Yeah, there was actually some good wrestling on the show. I was a little oh, bit, yeah. I was a little bit higher. Great, a great match in the middle. Yeah, great, a great I, match in yeah. the middle. But at the same time, that match was still something we've seen several times. It was still a bit uninspiring. And um, I just think the bland, drab, 
like nothing happening quality to this show was brought into focus by how tiny that arena looked. Even when they are third full in a massive basketball-sized arena, it still feels massive because they have got production wizardry to magnify these small crowds that... And it just makes it feel enormous. This particular venue, I believe they'd sold something like 3,100 tickets for it, which would be considered dismal for a dynamite in there. The distant number two to this day. You could see, like, the roof of the arena on the hard cam because it was just, like, a really small thing set up for 4,800, but they only got 3,100 or whatever the numbers were. I'm not too far off either way. And it just felt like mid-'90s Civic Center... This thing is pretty small, and I can see why it's pretty small when I'm watching this content. It's sort of, I was going to say, it's sort of a chicken and the egg situation, because it's like, what comes first? Do they not be asked about putting on a show because the crowd isn't there, or because there's no show, is there no crowd? It's one of those where, realistically, something with stakes was presented and had a clean finish, and someone was kind of put over. That's the absolute normal, usual order of business, and they did it, and they shouldn't be particularly praised for that. But there was something that happened. So yeah. There was something that happened. When we come around to next Monday, and I go through my memory bank of what happened on last week's Raw to set up this week's Raw, my only memory of this show will be the Money in the Bank qualifiers. Well, like, so, like, ordinarily, you could... I'll, I'll, once upon a time, I would have been able to sort of take that point of like, you know, maybe they would have been in what they would consider a B town. You know, when there was like two touring house shows at the same time. Or Wichita, or, wasn't it? It was in Wichita, yeah, like Raw, maybe Vince McMahon. Those those ones where they would never actually name the place. They we're in America, guys. Yeah, name, <laughs> name somewhere it was near because they were ashamed to be wherever, whatever town they were running, right? Like, what's the distinction now? Is like an A town WrestleMania and then a B town everything else because <laughs> that's pretty much roman schedule at this point and like you know it's is that is that wwe's philosophy does that extend past the brand into you know that, like what i'm saying is, is that I, I probably disagree with that because had cody not been injured they would have been presenting this as a, a cody on the road to money in the bank whatever other storylines were taking place underneath that they would have had what they would have perceived to be their big headline angle and then a bunch of other stuff a, a bunch of other guys that you see every week just switched around elsewhere and it's there's you one or two, basically, if you're only one or two ingredients off a raw feeling like, nah, this was just a B show, it means you've not got enough ingredients. Mm. You know, if like Steve Austin, when he was like going through the various injuries or he'd miss it, like he was working hurt or whatever, and he missed a week every now and then, like it falls to The Rock and DX and The Undertaker and Kane and Mankind or whatever. So it doesn't feel like a B show. It's like Austin's not on the show this week. We didn't get Austin. But that's not that now, is it? They, they've lost, not even Roman, they've lost one guy in Cody. And all of a sudden it's like, Where's all the stars? Mm. Like, oh, you had one. You were like leaning on him so hard that, like, and now he's gone. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It did feel like, oh, rather appropriate considering last week we were like, it felt like the roar after WrestleMania last week with all the, the exciting stuff and changes that had happened. And then this feels like the one where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, we're in the, we're in the time after WrestleMania where they're not asked. It's a, it's a second slump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, the show opened uh, with uh, the luckiest man in the world, The Miz. Um, probably presenting Miz TV with his guest, Paul Heyman. Oh, my God. Um, called Heyman a legend, who loved obviously being described like that, and uh, put over his past money in the bank cash-ins and then talked about his Wikipedia page, basically, um, and mentioned that the, the men's winner would probably face Roman Reigns for the title. It went... Yeah, when he shows up, when he's there. Um, and I saw a great thing when I tweeted about, just make Sammy's name, Mr. Money in the Bank. Someone, I do apologize, forgot who it was. Someone responded by saying, 
Yeah, give Sammy the briefcase and then him having be completely unable to cash in because Roman's <laughs> not there, continue the conspiracy narrative. Yeah, that was good. quite good. Um, talked about the whole 85%. That's what they're going with this year in terms of the uh, success rate of, of money in the bank cash-ins. And uh, Heyman said that if you tried that against Roman, you have a 0% chance of successfully doing it. He uh, plugged, Heyman did, uh, Reigns' upcoming title defense against, quote, of all people, Riddle. Um, and then he said he'd gone to WWE management and proposed making the stakes even bigger. But before he can get to that, Riddle comes out and said he wanted to hear the news straight from the horse's ass. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Heyman said, uh, you know, boy, you got some balls coming out here. And uh, Riddle said, speaking of balls, how's your balls, miss? Because of the ball stuff last week. Uh, he warned Heyman that he and Roman had no idea what he was capable of, but they were going to find out on Friday. Uh, and he said, I don't care what the stipulation is. Reigns is going to have to kill me to retain the title. And uh, Heyman said he respected Riddle, but he didn't think he could beat Roman Reigns. Uh, he didn't even think he could beat his opponent tonight. And uh, the stipulation was revealed that if Riddle doesn't beat Roman Reigns on Friday for all the milt, uh, he won't receive another title shot as long as Roman Reigns is champion. And then Heyman says, I'd like to meet some friends of Roman's, basically. Brings out the Usos. It looks like they're going to attack him and weaken him ahead of his title challenge on Friday. But uh, who should come out to make the save but the Street Profits? Also, because one of the Street Profits is in action against one of the Usos in a second. But before we talk about that, your thoughts on this opening segment? I think Riddle versus Roman Reigns on SmackDown is going to be excellent. Yeah. I think almost every beat of the story from where we were, say, with the six-man in the main event of Backlash to this title match, really well done. Like, surprisingly well done from WWE. Surprising competence throughout the the heartbreak that RK Bro suffered, etc. They have done the best job in ages to build into what you know we can take from this to be a, a TV title contender and nothing more there the WWE equivalent of a Lance Archer title match right this is the best job yeah. in ages I can think of of building up a Roman Reigns challenger like that uh, and then in what is effectively the go-home promo for the match they made a stupid Monday Night Raw game show segment out of it like they almost stayed me away from it at the very, very last minute. I cannot wait. I'm like, but we did the SmackDown review yesterday. Bang, bang game for this. Like, right up to last week's SmackDown when, like, Riddle made his own save against the Usos. It's not happening. I'm super focused. I can beat Roman, all this sort of stuff. They put as much stock in uh, anybody that I've seen in, the, mm. in months as to somebody that believes in himself that he can beat Roman. And then you just give him this bollocks because this company knows no other way to do it. It's like, even backstage, they're like, yeah, we've got something with this guy. People are actually feeling. And you know the match is going to be of a, of, a, of a certain quality. Mm -hmm. That's like a guarantee because of the wrestlers. It's WWE. It's always is. Um, we've really got something with this. Like, what do we do with the guys that we've really got something with? Well, we try and make them John Cena and ruin it all. Like, I don't even like Riddle. But, like, just, like, I can, I'm dispassionate enough about Riddle and yet can invest in somebody's journey to the title match. And this was, like, on those terms, it was kind of a disaster, but it's just WWE set scans as rubbish. I just had no real feelings. One just washed way. over me. I was about to say that. I wasn't angry. I like Riddle, but this just washed over me. Yeah, the, the material's bad. Whenever the Miz is on Miz TV, I kind of know what the segment's going to be. He's going to get interrupted before which he's going to list his Wikipedia um, accomplishments subsection, as he often does. Um, Roman Reigns can do, uh, sorry, Paul Heyman can do this kind of patter in his sleep at this point. It's He must be the easiest guy to ride for. And it's not particularly good engaging copy across the board, so think of what that actually means. And of course it leads to a match, conveniently, at the end of all this. It's just... It's nothing. It's just nothing content. 
I don't, again, understand how there are so many writers penning this material, yeah. why it is hastily rewritten at the last second most weeks, because it's just the, the same. Easy. It's got to be the easiest show in the world to write, like the absolute easiest. Vince it's at the death, like sort of doing another game show segment. Whew, got it. Just in time. Thank God we nailed it. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> it's just Ms. TV, isn't it? Like, <laughs> who gives a, who gives a f- <laughs> about f***ing Ms. TV? Now, his wife's got big tits, so we should possibly <laughs> put Ms. TV over on that basis. But uh, we probably shouldn't because it's not very interesting. I just like the bit where I was like, oh, that's nice. The Street Profits are coming out to save Riddle because they've, they've developed this this friendship now. And then they were like, I was like, or they could have just been making their entrance because they, they thought that they were about to have their match because the Usos had already come out for theirs. Yeah. So then we got Jimmy Uso versus Montez Ford. Surprise, surprise. This was really enjoyable. Um, you know, we've seen what the Usos and the Street Profits can do together. And if you take Ford and, and one of the Usos and, and put them in singles competition, you're going to get this match nine times out of ten. Um Early on, uh, sorry, to take us to a break, Jimmy hits Ford with a vertical suplex on the edge of the ring. A lot of stuff in this match, or in this show, I should say, which was like, right, we'll do this to take us to break. And I know they always do death-defying stuff all the time, whether it's WWE or AEW. Like, a dive, potentially, could be career-ending. And they just go, oh, do that, and then roll yeah, rolls on, or whatever the show may be. But this was a this was a, a emblematic of what was to come on this show. I'm h- hinting, in case you're not realised, about what on earth Ezekiel did to Kevin oh, Owens man. a little bit later on, just as a transitional take us to the break thing. Anyway, so a vertical suplex on the edge of the ring, the hardest part of it, that took us to break. Uh, Ford fights back though, hits a back suplex, uh, hits an enziguri for a two count and another spine buster, uh, another two count off the back of a spine buster. Uh, Jimmy hits that great pop-up Samoan drop that he does, that gets him a near fall. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy shoves Montez Ford into the ring post, but Ford moves out of the way for a splash, so Jimmy hits the post himself, a spot that they would do about an hour later. Uh, just talk to each other, just about even just little things like that. Anyway, Ford brings Jimmy down from the top with the Hurricane Rana, like leaps up as, as Jimmy's setting up on the top rope and flips him down. But as Ford goes for that huge frog splash of his, Jimmy gets his knees up uh, and applies a roll-up. One, two, three. Like a good match but I'm uh, getting a bit exhausted talking about good matches between this certain circle of wrestlers. Montez Ford and Montez Board have just waiting for the Street Profits <laughs> to get another like title shot or another title match or whatever. Those like teasers, and I know the commentary tends to make mention of the fact that like they're kind of like they've. And they already got a title shot. Changed, yeah, the, yeah. W- because they defeated the Usos, so you're fifty-fifty that now by this result here, effectively. Right, you've taken the, the the member of the Street Profits. Like we always say that Angelo Dawkins is kind of underrated, really, mm-hmm. but. WWE, like, are happy to shine the spotlight on Montez Ford about being the most spectacular member of the Street Profits, right? So set up for the tag match, which they've earned by beating the champions because it's WWE. You take that most impressive member and you have him lose a singles match. Like, you isolate what he can and can't do and you get to beat. And the whole concept has now been 50 50 And all of this was off the back of them saying, like, you know, the Street Profits have got a new attitude, which they're kind of half in and half out on anyway. Some weeks they don't really commit to that. It's, I, I don't know. I Like, good wrestling happening in front of me, but, I, like... I, I couldn't, I couldn't pretend to care watching it. The nicest thing I could possibly say about this match, which is a three and a quarter star special in the WWE rhythm, that just alienates me, that I'll never remember in a week, much less a month, is that there was a pretty rubbish sort of Hurricane Rana here that was really overtly cooperative, but at the very least, didn't get all of it, actually worked because they got the knees up and mm. that informed the finish. So I don't necessarily think that was the point. I don't think they 
deliberately worked it to look like it wasn't that impactful and it gave Jimmy Uso um, time to regroup because he was still taking the bump and he mm. it just didn't look particularly good. So it looked like he did most of it himself. So it doesn't really work. Now, I've taught myself out of the one thing that I quite liked about this match. <laughs> uh, I was just bored. I'm just bored. Bored, 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 bored. Pretty bored um, of this combination. I get the, what this p- company. I get why they do <laughs> it. This like, show, like you say, you've got three hours to kill, and you send them out there for what fifteen minutes? Yeah, thirteen minutes. Oh. It's like, like we'll say, everyone will, will say, if they're not analysing it as in detail as, as we are, they're just going to say, "Yeah, it was a good match." Yeah, and the thing is, we're not we were bored, white mid thirties podcasters, so we, there's going to be an element of being jaded. And um, you follow Hangman parody, mm-hmm. he's class, good lad. He kind of nailed something on Twitter. He's like, if I had to get up at the crack of dawn to watch wrestling and not just enjoy it as the thing to end my evening, I'd probably be a miserable bastard as well. <laughs> it's like, yes, I've also thought this. But then there was, like, also, there was also a bit of me that thinks, would I spend my entire Monday evening? I suppose I watch Love Island, so it's not much different, yeah. is it? You know, you're not exactly... High art. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, you're living, of all these boxes of The Sopranos are still sat there. Yeah, you're not really living the high life either, are you? So <laughs> you, you would be doing this. I would have, I'd lo- bloody love, uh, I told you, one of my absolute dreams is to go to America. I've been, but I'd love to go again. Not to go into the arena to watch. I'd, I mean, I'd like to come being facetious. But one of my actual non-facetious dreams is to just go to America, right? Just so I can then spend a couple of, di- uh, couple of days there so I can adjust to the time zone and just, right, I'm, oof, I've got America ahead now. And then just sit in a really nice place with a massive TV, kids asleep, and then just simply watch wrestling at the end of a night. That's all I want. But having said that, I don't attribute my lack of my complete apathy towards a match like this, which is ostensibly good, purely to UK crack of dawn brain, because the heat really wasn't there in the arena either, was it? No, like it's like the way to do that is a sports bar because you can go and have a couple of pints and have it on on the TV behind yeah. the bar, and it's sort of it's perfect because then while the ads are on. You don't need to just like sit, uh, of which there are. You watch a USA qualifier. Yeah, <laughs> I just still just want to sit in. Yeah, uh, it's 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 nice. It's nice. Uh, three hours is the one for me. Like uh, a two-hour dynamite feels achievable. I guess if you're in of a Friday night and SmackDown's just I'd there, watch it. Yeah. Th- like, what's weird for me is that I guess it's like, like we'll have our own equivalents over here of things that you expect to just be on a certain time of night on a certain day of the week, like. Because we've always had Raw as a Monday thing that you kind of catch. Well, for the longest time, it was like Fridays in the UK. But Monday, the Friday Raw was awesome. Friday Raw was great because it felt more of it. Like we were younger at the time, but it was like event television because it was the end of the week and Raw was here. But on a Monday night, to me, we're not really, other than like Premier League and Monday Night Football, we're not super conditioned to like Monday no. being this event night. But Raw's been that for like 30 years, whatever it is. The NFL's had Monday Night Football as this big night. It's a, it's a strange night to me for people to go like... Right, let's get everybody around. Let's get the beers in. Raw's on. What, what's tomorrow? Tuesday. Nearly the full rest of the working week still <laughs> to go. Like, that's always scandals odd to me. But, yeah, it's it would work. It would, it would I'll tell you what, right? I always used to think, when I was in a job that I didn't like as much as this, the most underrated period of time in any given week was the Monday night because you'd spend so much of Sunday thinking, oh, yeah, I've got to go. I've got to get the dreads. Oh, I've got to frigging work. Or I've got to go to school. And then when you've lived through the Monday, you think, oh, it's never as bad quite as much as you make yourself mm. think it's going to be on the Sunday. So you get this new perspective on a Monday night. So I'd be bang up for watching a good wrestling show on a Monday a good night. One. <laughs> I always used to love watching like a prestige drama 
like streaming or on a DVD. Of, oh, get in, can settle back in the week. Monday wasn't quite as bad. It never is yeah. as you think it is. So I can understand why Monday nights. I don't know why we're talking about this. And it's probably because there's so little to talk about on this rubbish television show. What time in America, sorry to just bring this on you, is New is was like Dominion? Oh, uh, they have the British experience oh, of watching a you like they have to stay, stay up, up late. I love really, logging on really, to Twitter really and seeing them pissing and moaning about <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, Dominion's on a stupid clutch off life that every bloody pay-per-view. Can like like based on what you just said, Chisri, let's talk a little bit not about Raw, but a bit more about Dominion for a second. Because I actually ended up skimming through some of this. Did you see the King of Pro Wrestling match? The ten minute thing? No. It rules. It absolutely rules. Like they've they've done something really, really good and they've changed the game. So like it's you know how it was like a 10-minute thing and like we thought it might be like an Iron Man match. Like you can get the most falls in 10 minutes. That's oh, that's, that's a one-off, you know. Uh, well, I know, but I think they've created something. Oh, right. I think this is a stipulation that might stick or get stolen. So it's 10 minutes, but it's not a fall of a three count. It's every time the referee's hand hits the mat and then the, the, there's got a scoreboard in the corner. So there was one point where um, Shingo was trapped in a hold and got, stayed down for a count of four. And like... Uh, it basically, it got to like 11 each, like one count, so you get one on the board. And I was like, this works. This absolutely definitely works. So hard to create like a new match type in wrestling. And they've actually done it. It's great, yeah. And this, King of Pro, this stupid King of Pro Wrestling belt where it's like, the only weapon you can use is inflatable. That's like, that's the stipulation next month will be rubbish. But I absolutely, I'd like 10 minute matches. It played to, everything should be shorter. Everything should be more dramatic. And it didn't have the Iron Man thing. Because like it was, I think it was like 10-6 with a minute left. So it's not like that Iron Man thing where you, somebody's got to be pinned like twice in the last minute to make it dramatic. It was it was brilliant. It's really good. Sorry like for that, that diversion. Um, I'll tell you what else, else on this. Tell you what else yeah. is good. Uh, I watched the promo you told me to watch from Carl Anderson. Lights out. It is so oh my bright lights. Carl Anderson's one of your favorite characters. Gig, someone Gigli who gallows. Someone who speaks to my own malaise about pro wrestling and how much really how little of it actually matters. What we have to talk about and watch it and just Carl Anderson. If you haven't watched it, just <laughs> go on to Twitter and type Carl Anderson. It'll probably be the first yeah. top result that the search will use. Is he going to nickname himself Bright Lights? Like, they he feel should, like a new gimmick, doesn't he it? Bright Lights, Carl Anderson. That's feels. almost it's so good that I would almost buy the the, the pro wrestling tees top. Bright Lights, Carl Anderson, <laughs> and then Gallows goes, oh. and he likes it, <laughs> and he goes, um, I only turn it on up there. And there's a big house. Five, six thousand people? Yeah. I'll turn it on. Two, three hundred? No, I'm good. <laughs> and you hear Gallows doing that. Gallows pops his tits off like Orange Cassidy, but as a mercenary. Like, oh my god. When they first signed and they did that promo, like, yeah, we kind of wanted to be an impact. It's like, no, nah, because WWE absolutely fucked you and you couldn't get into AEW, so you're going to use this as a sideline instead. We're so glad to be here in an empty impact zone. And check out the interview we did with them, uh, where, they were like, Wale Malia, where they were just like, yep, we're here, Tony, if you want to. It's a contract season. Contract season. <laughs> I like Lovely it. blokes as well, so go and check that out. Well, just go and get. Like wrestlers getting paid is great. Like yeah. wrestlers, this like they should have the power to magic. Uh, I did like the next bit of Raw because it was a long video recap of what happened with Cody and Seth, and I thought, oh, I've seen this, so I saved like five minutes on this show, <laughs> and then we got an interview with Seth Rollins. Oh, who's he sitting down with? Hang on, sorry, let me just check my. Uh, Kevin Patrick sat down with him and thanked Seth freaking Rollins for his time. <laughs> Still ridiculous. Um, he mentioned what happened last week, and Rollins cackled away and said, oh, do you feel any remorse? And Rollins said, no. I meant every word I said in the ring last week, but I also think Cody Rhodes is a virus. Very Vince, that, isn't it? Um, so he decided to take matters into his own hands. Rhodes is not only a danger to WWE, but 
Damn danger to himself when he wrestled with a torn peg. I'm just looking out for him here, guys, basically. Didn't feel any remorse. He felt pride. The American nightmare was over. Monday Night Rollins is back. And then Kevin Patrick asks what's next for him. And he says, well, I did have one of the greatest ever Money in the Bank cash-ins in history. Maybe I could get involved again and maybe even top that moment. Um, and he says, well, you've got to get past AJ Styles and that qualifier tonight. And Rollins says, yeah, well, Styles isn't on my level. Um... And if you want to stand in my way, AJ Styles, you're going to suffer the same fate as Cody Rhodes. And he cackles down the lens. And then he gets chinned by AJ Styles, who says, that's for Cody. Thoughts? Few. I have a thought. Cody um, being, obviously, AJ protecting Cody here. Like, lots of people are going to infer, aren't they? Like, oh, it's a bit of Bullet Club background, even though they never coexisted, ever, ever, at all in Bullet Club, ever, ever. But, like, Bullet Club... Cody's his mate, right? That's fine. Babyfaces can get along. I don't have a huge problem with that. So, like, AJ is returning. Massive, huge cut on his head from that, like, thing that gashing yeah. sustained in the match, right? So he's come back this week. He's like, I'm not having anybody talking about my mate like that. Like, is he going to bring up what's happened to Finn Balor? <laughs> Actual on-screen friend oh, of, like, no, no, of the no, last no. month. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, nobody talks about, you've been watching what, what happened to Cody last week? Uh, did you watch what happened to Finn last week? <laughs> the guy you teamed with for a month. What was he doing before? <laughs> uh, he was teaming with you and being your pal because you know you were uh, the leaders of the same faction at a different time. Is he going to bring that up? <laughs> I suppose he's <laughs> just happy that Edge is not around. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, job done. Yeah, I'm going to look over the there. I'm going to look over there with whatever happens at the Judgment Day. Nobody tell me. <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is. Wait a second, my enemy. It's <laughs> <laughs> not the brightest bulb, by the way. I look. I, I thought you, this was good, unbearable Seth Rollins stuff. It was all right. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, Seth had an okay night across. Yeah. The, good for him. And my arse dropped a little bit, if I'm honest, because they went next up, 24/7 championship match, <laughs> Becky Lynch and Dana Brooke, and I was like, no, 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 no. I justified this on Raw, the Raw review last week. I'm on a preview yesterday, but thankfully it wasn't a 24/7 championship match. Why and would Be- it ever be? And Becky Lynch drew a line under all that. She uh, battered Dana Brooke, attacked her before the bell, chucked her around ringside, stomped her head into the announce table, and then said, you can keep your little 24-7 championship. Good, good. I'm glad that she just went, nah, I'm not doing that. She is furious about how she's been treated. She talks about being in a Money in the Bank uh, ladder match and being cheated and robbed. Things are going to be different this year, she said. Um... She's about to attack Dana Brooke again. Asuka comes down. They brawl. Eventually, Asuka knocks her out of the ring, and they set up a qualifying match between the two of them next week. I thought it was quite good, this. Kind of sorry. Something just popped into my head, and very little does when I'm watching <laughs> or analyzing this show. You would do very well in Dunder Mifflin seasons like one to four or whenever I stop watching it, right? Mm-hmm. Michael Scott's thing, right, is that he creates this catastrophic scenario where his idiocy and his complete desperation for validation gets him into trouble and a situation unfolds in a situation comedy. It's kind of he kind of indirectly resolves it by either creating some kind of stupid party diversion that people just have fun with <laughs> it. So but basically the office would run very well if he wasn't in it. Mm. He can kind of save his own skin by the end of an episode either by inviting so much ridicule onto himself that it then translates as pity, mm-hmm. or doing a party or something like that. He puts his own obstacles in his way. Yes. So, 
this is like this 24-7 stuff. Oh, thank God they didn't go back to that 24-7 stuff. So they didn't have to go there in the first place. <laughs> it could have just been a good operational wrestling company, yeah. a wrestling show. Don't give them a pass for not doing the same stupid thing twice or for just about recovering their own mess. Mm. I could definitely see Will Bond being late for a podcast because he burnt his foot in a George Foreman because he likes to wake <laughs> up to the smell of bacon. That feels oh. very... <laughs> yeah. I can visualise that. When that happens... One at the end of your bed. When that happens, I was like... What's the problem here? <laughs> when that scene happens, I'm th- I was thinking, that's actually not a terrible idea. <laughs> it's the made thing we were talking about, wasn't it? Like, an alarm clock that makes you a brew. Tell me more. <laughs> the only problem here is the milk. Yeah. How do they do the milk? So I'm a black tea. So if I go downstairs with the hot tea and then put milk in it, it's like I might as well make the tea downstairs. Yeah, exactly. But like, when he said... Mini that, fridge. Yeah, you can have a mini fridge in there. And they might be quite expensive and... Yeah, Cost of living now. Yeah. But no, I love the idea of the... Sleep in the office. Boom, fixed it. A lot of wins, a lot of wins there. <laughs> a lot of wins. So was it meant to be, were you meant to think, that isn't the stupidest idea I've ever heard? Or were you meant to think, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard? Because I watched that thinking, that's not the stupidest idea it's, I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it's sort of, it's not that stupid in principle. It's really stupid in practice. Yeah. Like the yeah, idea yeah. of like having to have something that cooks food at the end of your bed. But it's, the, the food smell bit is, you know, buy one of them like gimmick bacon air fresheners. Just wake <laughs> up. And the snooze for five minutes, that'll do some bacon. Yeah. And then just put it in. Oh, I love that. It's when, you know, like, um, what are they call like Rube Goldberg contraptions. It's when something like that appears in, like, some sort of television and it just inspires you to think, why can't real life actually be like that? You know, if you ever watch Start of the Wallace and Gromit and it's like this ludicrous invention just so we can get, like, I don't know, cheese on toast. And you're like, it would be good, though. Now just you're just, talking my language. Just have a robot right. bed sit you up and be like, cheese on toast. My favorite. That Barclay card mm-hmm. advert where the guy just go, takes a water slide home from work. I resented the fuck out of him because I was just like, <laughs> yes, that's really, like, he just does his shopping via water slide and it's like, more than a feeling. Yeah, and you're just like, that would be really, really convenient. Let's get, let's get post-work water slides in then. <laughs> <laughs> Do you realise the amount of admin that we would be required to set this up? And then how would, who would get to use it? Would you have to have a rotor of who's allowed the water slide and who's got to use the tube and the bus? I'd rather have a water slide than an HS2, if I'm perfectly honest. Yeah. So the amount of money they chucked at that, they could probably... Build everyone a personalised water slide. <laughs> Personal water slide home. Yeah, Lord, I'm just leaving the office. Wee! <laughs> <laughs> you should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewellery of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh, anyway, back to Monday Night Raw. Uh, it was a qualifying match next uh, for Money in the Bank. Um, Alexa Bliss's 2018 win was shown and Nikki A.S.H.'s win from 2021. Of course, they included in the uh, Alexa thing her knocking Becky Lynch off because that's what she was just referencing. Um, but this was a weird sort of tag match. So the, the tag team that won uh, was going to qualify. And yet again, the only actual tag team lost. <laughs> so I know they've not been in, you know... The, win column very often, but at least we know that Dijab and Nikki A.S.H. are a Scottish team. This was just, what if the blonde women tagged together? Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan in there. I was going to say, they've been a tag team to a lot of people on Twitter for a lot longer than Dude Drop and Nikki A.S.H. Granted, right? yeah. It's wank fantasy. They're <laughs> finally together on screen. Uh, they both... The Abigail s- sisters. <laughs> <laughs> they both break up colours. Is he Paige for the... For the- Bingo card, or basically two, trios. two of the three women that were um, fan cast into the role of Sister Abigail by yeah. incredibly horny masturbators. <laughs> that's what, what the, that's a pretty unwieldy name for a tag team, but it's quite accurate. Members what of they, members of SPAF. What they wanted, which was either Paige, Alexa, or Liv as, as Sister Abigail. What they got, Bray White with a voice changer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Remember that? Love, remember it? Like, it was one of our first podcasts was covering that, that was phase we, of his career. I've still never been able to discover that. <laughs> on, our, on our little, um, on our unit that used to record us, there was a button we pressed. I still don't know what it was. I it feels like that was only... Made the Sister Abigail voice. And we could do our own Sister Abigail voices. Yeah. I don't know what it was or where it's gone, but... It was it was a real like that was the one I thought you know what I think we can make something out of these podcasts yeah <laughs> it's a little giggle when it made the little veil move <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's it's the it's the great lost artifact of modern WWE isn't it yeah. Sister Abigail and Pumpkin Demon Pumpkin Demon <laughs> and, uh, what was the viscous liquid or whatever it was uh, viscous acidic liquid acidic yeah uh, tipping a big bolognese <laughs> like bucket onto him. I love how it's like, I could do that. Yeah. Finn <laughs> so Balor's just got to sit there. Oh, no. I've been gunged. <laughs> so it's not supernatural. Like, I could literally go and do that right now. <laughs> I could get some, like, syrup, diluted with a bit of water and dye it red. Water. And then just pour it on someone. It's like it's the easiest thing in the world to do that. <laughs> like the work kitchen. Who's left out? Is this viscous acidic liquid in the sink? Someone's put their name on it. <laughs> Can you please name the, your viscous acidic liquid? I almost put it on my sandwich earlier. <laughs> uh, anyway, Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan won. Uh, do drop body slam Morgan on the outside. Um, she get she got back in, avoided a sent on. Nikki knocked her down, but then showed off, and that allowed Bliss to recover and hit her with a DDT. One, two, three. I mean, I'm just I'm glad Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan are in Money in the Bank. That's all I can say. Joining Lacey Evans, of course. They're kind of stars. This could be a. As we were saying yesterday, it could be a relatively star-laden match if you consider the fact that like it's Lynch and Asker next week for a qualifying spot. I think, like, I'm going to defend Becky Lynch again. I think she has an element of creative control, and I think we've seen that in some ways good, some ways bad. And I think one of the ways good is that nobody knows their characters like the rest of themselves, and I believe that she has told somebody, well, I'm going to pass Alexa Bliss, am I? Well, I'll make this make sense. Like, this company is too inept to reference a... 2018 incident from a Money in the Bank ladder match that makes us tie together and creates a reason for Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss to have this little bit of Money in the Bank related tension. Like, they can't be good at that. 
but Becky Lynch was, and I, I appreciated that. And when I appreciated it, my first thought was, it can't have been them. It must have been her. <laughs> yeah. The match wasn't really good for how little it went as well. I don't think Alexa Bliss looks like she's the same wrestler at all. I know it's easy to like really project on a one isolated bit of footage where she looks completely checked out and can't be asked to do the digital exclusive part of your workday. Where it's like, all right, okay, you used to care more than you did now. But in terms of our in-ring, this is just very sloppy. Saying she couldn't goo. Not very. <laughs> sort of goo as well. Goo and go. Goo. Uh, I'll tell you what I enjoy next. Can uh, I just take a month off? Like, it'd be so awesome. <laughs> it'd just be so awesome if all of it just took a month off. How much would you miss it? Yeah. You could, like, create content around. The Twin Peaks how should, review. How should they, yeah. Each week. Yeah, yeah. And how should, like, the, all the American office just, like, series hmm. and how could wrestling come back what should what should each promotion do as their big hook for what don't watch them you haven't, really missed dream, them. Yeah. you haven't really missed them here's a month of dreaming for you that's just maybe had a really dark flashback to the early pandemic where we were you know doing our zoom calls and we were stuck in our houses and what have you and and we i was like you know naive looking back now i was like they should just stop the wrestling until the pandemic's over yeah it's still not over, by the way, everyone. Stay safe out there. But uh, I think I've read where you another wave. Yeah, I saw something like that. Surf's up, dude. Uh, right. <laughs> Kevin, Owens. <laughs> Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel. I really enjoyed this. Surprise, surprise. Kevin Owens doing some great stuff again. Early on, I thought he was going to beat him in like 30 seconds. He just went, right, I've had enough of this. He'd granted him this rematch because Allied is going to come to Ezekiel. Um Oh, he just got out of the way for flying knee and just batted him. Super kick, cannonball, swanton. 25 seconds he could have won this match in, basically. Uh, Ezekiel kicked out, though, and fought back, hit a spine buster. And then, yeah, to take us to a break, he put Kevin Owens on his shoulders on the outside and basically hit an AA onto the steel steps. Not like pulling the steel steps out and the big, nice, flat part, just on the edge of the steps. They're bonkers, wrestlers. Kevin Owens in particular... At this point, I understand, like, he's really committed. At this point in his career, he just wants to get people over and do some good, fun stuff within the parameters of what that means in WWE. Like, frivolous, entertaining, fun, low stakes, comedic. But then tonally, it just doesn't work. Like, I, I admire the guy for really trying to make something of what he's been given. And genuinely, post-WrestleMania, he's been one of the few bright spots yeah. in WWE for me. But, like... Don't bother like mangling your back for a match like this, for a storyline like this, because not only is it pointless, because it's not going to get Ezekiel over, but just do fun Saturday morning slam esque comedy mm. in this specific. Don't it's I think it's genuinely like bad work. I think it's bad, ill advised, counterproductive, potentially injurious work that clashes badly and pointlessly with the story you're trying to tell. If you're going to do stupid comedy, don't make me think that Ezekiel can, like, break your back and don't do a bump like this. Especially when you're going to basically have the match won later on and only lose because you're furious. If he was going to then, sub, sub, you know, his back was going to give out trying to do a pop-up powerbomb or something. Like, I admire, again, what he was trying to do. This is two versions of a bad idea. Yeah, it, it, it was, it's, a lot of people chuck this about when they talk about AEW about like oh people doing these mad spots that no one's going to remember next week whether it be the Bucks or Darby Allen or whatever but like this was just like an interbreak spot. Well, that's what blew my mind about this is like if you if you put this in their singles match at the premium live event right that's one thing and again as you've pointed out it's still got to feed into the match it's still got to be 
oh my God, Ezekiel's actually got a chance here. This isn't just a banana skin. He's just somehow deployed this move that nobody really knew he had in his arsenal. And Kevin Owens could be knackered. And then you build to a finish off the back of that. It's, it's huge. You rarely see people take the bumps on the stairs like that as it is. For it to be the move that feeds into a break, that feeds into wrestlers holding the headlock, waiting for the referee to say, we're back live. But Owens was in control when we came back from the break. Which is always the case. Like, it, you, you always come back off the like the break with it. Well, not always, but you know what I mean. Yeah, 90% yeah, yeah. of the time, you come back with the healing control, the referee gives them the nod, and then they're off to the race again. I, I, I can't believe... I agree with Cedric. Like, it's... It's you can do both. You can respect Kevin Owens for what he's presumably trying to achieve here, and yet think right, like from a pure pro wrestling point, it doesn't make sense logically. Like we talk about him cracking the code, right? Of WWE, maybe he knows that Vince might be watching more because they're about to go to an ad break, and he's genuinely just trying to help his colleague out with like Vince McMahon will get on his plane and will he remember three things from the Raw tonight, and it might be that he remembers that thing, yeah, like because he cracked the code in a way that we can't understand. But if you're watching it as a fan, as a wrestling match makes zero sense, and you're taken out of the fiction because of the brutality of the fact. It's just, well, like, I don't, I don't want to see bumps like that normalised either. Mm. We're seeing it with it. There was a suplex on the apron in the first match, mm-hmm. you point yeah. out, but that's not uncommon anymore. Yeah. Like, the hardest part of the ring became a meme. Like, what is the hardest part of the steps going to be the new meme within 12 months' <laughs> time, you know? The point, the pointiest, most jagged bit of the steps. It was what gives me a flashback to, uh, I assume it was a Money in the Bank match. It was a match with a load of ladders in. When Owens and Zayn were just like, what if we don't use, you know, the ladder, which is already incredibly painful. Like, even a spot where someone runs at someone and they go, put their hands up and they go, oh, you've hit me with a ladder. Mm. That'd be it for me. I'd be like, yep, my hands hurt. I want to go home. Not even getting slammed onto a ladder where there's gaps, which I don't can't work out whether that's good or bad for your spine. When they, remember when they had that ladder on its side and they were just like, just take bumps onto oh, that bit. Yeah. Adam Adam Cole loves the steel chair ones, doesn't he? Yeah. uh, Awful. Anyway, uh, like I said, Owens hit a frog splash during the break, apparently, off the apron and took over. Uh, When we come back, Owen goes for a senton. Ezekiel gets his knees up. Didn't need to have a buggered back already for that. That still hurts if you're trying to go for a senton and someone gets their knees up. Ezekiel dominates then. Modified fallaway slam. Stinger splash. Jumping knee strike. Goes for a running splash on the outside. And then, just like I mentioned earlier on, Owens was getting against the post, moved out of the way. Ezekiel slammed into it, and it looked like he may get counted out. But Owens uh, grabs him, tries to chuck it. Well, ch- does chuck him back into the ring, and the referee's counting, but he overhears the commentators talking about Ezekiel, Ezekiel, Ezekiel in this match, and he just flips out, and he st- he's insistent um, that, it's, you know, this is Elias. Call him Elias. Stop calling him this. And he gets so enraged, he gets counted out, which only someone like Kevin Owens can make me be like, oh, you know what, I'm all right with that count out because Kevin Owens makes it so hilarious and just flips out and trashes the table and what have you. Uh, post-match, Ezekiel says, I'm not done with Owens, but I'm looking ahead now to money in the bank. Um, so he's presumably going to get a qualifier for that in the coming weeks. But next week, Michael Sidgwick, Elias is back. Oh, wow, that's amazing hook. It's an absolutely amazing hook. They've been building towards it. Um, like This match was just... The fact that this was so this is their version of a really action-packed Ezekiel slash Elias match and still kind of got crickets and wasn't particularly great. Says it all, but regardless, the wrestling's not important. What's important is the you know the double identity thing going on here. So that's good. I'm into it. How, how they're going to pull it off? It's obviously a great hook. We can have some fun on the preview, which means theoretically the fans are going to have some fun watching it and determining what it's going to try and be. I'll tell you what I like. Go on. Does he say I'm getting zeked up? Yes. Or I'm yeah. zeking out. <laughs> Something like that. Like all, all of the above, I think. I really like it. It's good. 
The more he leans into that sort of thing, like the speak with Zeke was the first time they did it, wasn't it? Like Zeke and out is now is like, well, like what, yeah, whatever his Ultimate Warrior adjacent like chaos moment's going to be. And if you shut your eyes, he sounds just like his brother when he says "Walk with Elias." All right, well. I'm going to go for a quick piss. <laughs> okay, uh, there was the lovely moment that me and Hamlet have already put over on social media and on the podcast before with John Cena and uh, the Ukrainian Misha. boy Misha and his mom. Lovely stuff. Do go and check it out and uh, and give him all the support you possibly can um, because it's just a nice thing. Mm. Uh, and then we got, oh God, I'm glad Sidney is for this. Cedric Alexander in action. Oh, he was against an MVP God. this time. Beforehand, MVP cut a promo, said Cedric Alexander's a loser. Hang on. Nose lies detected. <laughs> uh, and put over almost and said he can win money in the bank. God, I hope he's not in that match. Uh, and he can win it by climbing like two rungs of a ladder. Again, no lies detected. Yeah. Um, and he bat Cedric Alexander in like two minutes. He got distracted, Alexander did, by Omos. Like he needed that distraction. MVP mm-hmm. dominates. He does the whole ball in uh, and hits him with the playmaker, which I, ha- I haven't seen in ages. And yeah. I thought, oh, yeah, that's a rubbish finisher. That is. <laughs> Terrible, like it? just wrecks your knee. So contrived as well, like what it requires yeah. from the other person. The shape looks wrong. It's not aesthetically pleasing, is like, it? People then? like dog on my boy Wade Barrett for the wasteland. But I was like, at least he's slamming someone down I mean, and not taking a... Like, what was the one? I can't remember the name of the finisher. Thingy had it. Um... Your man who was a, a Paul Birchall, where he'd like do a backflip. Oh, yeah. Take someone out. Yeah. And I was like, C4. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. complicated. This, you just smash your knee into the ground. I was like, at least waistline, you just go and smash him into the ground. This just looks like he, it's his knee. But anyway, MVP beat Cedric Alexander in 90 seconds. If Wade Barrett ever makes a comeback, he should just do the Ezekiel version and do it straight onto the pointiest bit of the stairs. <laughs> right, that would actually work. We, a little bit of, we never say this about WWE, so I'm going to take the opportunity. We were talking about this in the office before we recorded, right? And it's a bit of a spoiler for something else in the show, but it just means we can skip past that a bit quicker. Uh, we've all, like, fantasy book champer into the Judgment Day, right? And it's not just about, like, he's losing a lot, and it's about kind of how he's being... an entrance. Yeah, an entrance. How he's being regarded by his colleagues and peers in general. And prior to this, it sort of felt like... It, and there was rumours anyway about him, but it sort of felt like he was maybe going to be, like, the fourth person to join the group. And then... We had a brief chat about that this morning. And then it kind of occurred to me, well, is Cedric Alexander going to join the Judgment Day? Is Dana Brooke going to join the Judgment Day? There is so many freaking losers on this <laughs> brand. That it's like, if you want to tell the story of I wasn't getting the respect and I was falling and the Judgment Day picked me up, that's three quarters of the roster. <laughs> it's going to look like the original version of the NWO and Bischoff started hanging out the T-shirt. It's like, sort of, we've got 20 guys in the Judgment Day now because some of them are just desperate for a win. Saying Cedric Alexander, could, you could effectively map the same course that Champers had, where it's like, you know, you've been invited to sort of suggest that yeah, he's coming out on the losing end of things. He's being rejected. He's being neglected. The judgment day right there for him. So same with that one. Same with that one. Same with that one. Raw's got more people that should be in that state. The yeah. entire 24-7 division. We need to join the judgment day. <laughs> so if I just missed MVP versus Cedric Alexander, yeah. what on earth was this? And what, <laughs> and what on earth is this? How am I meant to sympathize? Like, MVP's the heel. MVP's the heel, yeah. yes. Yeah. How am I meant to sympathize with or get behind Cedric Alexander? This loser who yeah. never wins, who thinks he's in a stable or a tag team and isn't, who just keeps trying to interfere. His running involved almost decking him. Uh, it's, yeah. that was- it's his actual brainworm stuff. Well, I thought, oh, do you know when this match started? I thought, oh, it's kind of a weird, stupid match. And then I was like, oh, no, this makes complete sense. Because what's going to happen is the duty dogs are going to come out. Because what happened last oh, yeah. week, almost is going to go, you two, again, go after him, MVP. Where are you going, almost? And then he turns around into whatever Cedric's bloody finisher is. Montel Vontavious, Yorkshire. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Cedric beats him, and MVP's like, I've lost to this bloody loser. But now he just went, ball in, and then hit him <laughs> with a playmaker, and that was it. Pointless. Anyway, let's move on. We've got a lot still to, to recap. Mm. Um, AJ Styles cut a promo saying that Money in the Bank is the one thing that's eluded him during his career. Now he wants it more than ever, and he wants to win it to spite uh, Seth Rollins uh, after what he did to Cody. He, uh, people say, oh, no, he's, you're right, he's not on Rollins' level because Rollins is beneath him, and he's going to show his killer instinct. And then Rollins just laughed at it and said, uh, I'm going to dedicate this win to Cody Rhodes, which I think he should do all the time because that's quite a nice little bit of a, a piss spoiler for people. Yeah. Dedicating this to Cody. Um, and Seth Rollins eventually did qualify for Money in the Bank after a really enjoyable match, to be fair, between Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. Um Early on, Styles dominates, so Rollins does the thing where he runs outside and gets back in, and then when Styles comes in after him, he kicks the crap out of him. Uh, Rollins hits a suicide dive to send AJ Styles over the announce table to take us to a break. Uh, when we come back, Styles counters a stomp into a calf crusher, which Rollins sells like death. It was so good, this. He's writhing around in pain and trying the whole... It just gave me a flashback to when Brock was uh, facing AJ. I think it was a Survivor Series. And I was like, he's got him in the car crusher. What's he going to do? And he's like, oh, your head's right here. Yeah. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. I was like, oh, that's a way to break it up. Rollins did that for a bit. Fought back, uh, hitting in Seguri. Styles fights back with a Pele kick. They exchange strikes. They exchange counters. Styles gives Rollins a vertical suplex into the turnbuckles. That gets him a two count. Goes for the phenomenal forearm. Rollins ducks it, chop blocks him, targets the leg, weakens the leg, sets up for a pedigree. Uh, Styles reverses that into that. Fireman's carrying neck breaker thing that he does that always looks like it sucks uh, for a two count. Rollins hit a buckle bomb but missed the frog splash. Styles goes for the Styles clash, but Rollins counters it and cradles him using the bad, bad leg for the pinfall win. Good stuff, this. Yeah, like really enjoyable um, and all, almost so good it was frustratingly good because like we've already given the Wichita fans a little bit, of, or WWE have given them a little bit of grief by presenting this Raw to them. But it's, it's not on them, it's on most WWE crowds, certainly TV crowds, that we've like observed over the last couple of years have stopped caring about matches because they've like they've re- had to retrain themselves of why they go to these shows. You want to see promos, you want to get told what to chant and then chant it anyway and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you could have this in 90% of your programs. You should be aiming for 100 and you want to be hitting about 90% of your programs should feature matches this dramatic, featuring wrestlers this talented, featuring stakes this important. This because, should have been the main event. Well, yeah, but... Or there could have been another main event with similar great wrestling yes. and important stakes or something that means something in the context of a story. This was really, really great for mostly all basic reasons. Mm. Some straightforward and easy to understand stakes had been established. So the like the winner and the loser actually mattered. The wrestlers were both great because we are in this golden era, which we take for granted all the time, that there are so many great wrestlers out there that you can pair two together and it can just come good. You know, Tony Khan does it for a dynamite featuring two wrestlers that aren't involved in the story all the time. And you go, didn't know I wanted that, and now I'm getting it tonight. So cool. Like, WWE could do that too, and tend not to, or repeat it in the, into oblivion to the point that you don't care about them anymore. Uh, and this was just... Like, Seth Rollins is having an absolutely fantastic year, and he's almost doing it in secret because loads of the matches are so WWE eyes that you don't notice half of them happening. Like, it's not just the Cody feud. It's not just a match of this quality. It's the tag stuff with Kevin Owens as well and how good that division was before WrestleMania. It's... This was great to the point of me thinking, ah, you you could do this with ease every week, and you don't. They should be. How many people are going to be in the Money in the Bank? Eight, seven, eight. I think seven or eight. Yeah. They could, well, they could do seven or eight of these matches. Mm. They could do how long away? How far away is Money in the About Bank? Three weeks. Just yeah, they could do two weeks. weeks. Two a week or four. They should and could be doing four of these a week across the men's and women's division. 
such easy, like Money in the Bank season should be the easiest thing to write. Um, I should have easy stakes. That means something. Actually getting into the match itself should be treated as this huge deal. I know they're trying to do something, but the standard should be sky high for something mm. like this. And this is possibly the very peak of what we're going to see with it. There's a reversal in this match that I just thought was absolutely tremendous. It was when Seth was going for the buckle bomb. AJ slipped out and then did the um, that lush suplex against the turnbuckles. What was so great about it was that it just conveyed that these guys are so skilled that you can go, you can be literally one second away from badly hurting your opponent. They are so skilled that they've got a means of slipping out of that and doing something deliberately and like just as sort of injurious to mm. their opponent or just some, something as impactful. And it was just awesome to see they and them to pull off the spot where I was like, if you don't execute this move with absolute perfect timing, even at the very last nanosecond, you could still get it really reversed. Just great wrestling between two great pro wrestlers who um, Seth Rollins is having the year of his career, basically. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, in, t- in the ring, not in, not in character. It sounds too lofty a comparison, this. Probably because it is. But you know when people think about like the Young Bucks, Leech Brothers matches, and it's never just the one matches that you can... The problem with WWE... One of the problems with WWE is that these have done this quite a lot and you wouldn't remember. I think Seth and AJ had a great singles match on Raw this year. And if it wasn't this year, and I think mm. it might have even been in the main event spot when Seth was trying to win his way into WrestleMania. It was. And, yeah. and we all like toasted it then, right? They had a WWE title match when Seth was a babyface on a B show. It might have been the post WrestleMania B show when just needed a banger match. And that was class as well. And I would wager there'll be sort of three more that we're forgetting as well because it's WWE and there's content churn. When the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers come together and have this total ripper of a match, straight after the fact, people are like, these never miss. And then up go the graphics or up go the moments from all these classics. Like, WWE prohibits that because there's just so much nonsense. Like, these two have probably got a legacy that mirrors something like that and you're never going to remember more than mm. the last one, really. But this sort of chemistry, that the likes, the reverse sequences that we talk about, it's something that you can rely on from these two to do uh, what? Like... A day's notice, which is probably what they get for these yeah. raw matches. Great stuff. Um, we got the Champa match we mentioned earlier next. Uh, Miz was on commentary. Champa, no entrance for him. All the more reason to join Judgment Day. Uh, it was against Riddle, of course. Uh, back and forth stuff. Champa stomps on Riddle's foot uh, because it's, it's not got a boot on. And, and Miz loves all this. Uh, hits a DDT to, take, to get the heat. Uh, Riddle fights back with some of his Randy Orton-inspired offense. Power slam draping DDT. Goes for an RKO. Champa blocks, though. Puts him in an ankle lock. But Riddle gets out of it. Ripcord knee. Floating bro. RKO. One, two, three. Momentum heading into Friday, Sige. Yeah, this is very basic but it wasn't without merit the actual match itself um, given the time they had I thought they did some genuinely really good work like Tommaso Ciampa is genuinely excellent it's kind of easy to forget how good he is because great wrestling's boring and he's been on NXT 2.0 for a while and well before that he was in NXT black and gold which had jumped the shark there's a bit when he was sort of um, seconds away from getting drilled with the draping DDT like, he even creates a sense of a sensation of struggle within those like three seconds mm. he's like he's pounding at the back. He's really trying to sort of push away at the abdomen. He's trying to not take that move. And just little touches like that genuinely draw you into the match. It doesn't feel like that patterned. We need to do something um, not particularly impactful. In this order, it's WWE. They only care about the pay-per-views. This was a level above. Even within, like, what, four and a half minutes it went? Mm. Uh, we could still get a glimpse that these two are just on a different level to most of the roster. The development system works. 
piece of trash. It's like, it's such a fortuitous and yet ingenious element of, you take a wrestler like Matt Riddle, who's already kind of like this complete pro wrestler in terms of what he does in the ring. And then you also add Randy Orton's most dramatic spots. Like what a, yeah. what a free hit that's been for them because now that they can build in what he sells versus what his comeback moves are. And then if they start scouting the Randy Orton spots, he's got like the floating bro or the bro Derek in his back pocket or something like that. It's such an inspired element that, and it doesn't feel like it's not just blatant move theft, is it? He's, he's missing his friend and he's yeah. wanting his friend to be like represented on television. It's quite inspired. They're doing brilliant stuff with him. Making Randy Orton exciting is a bit of a masterstroke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It really is. Um, speaking of the developmental system works, uh, another two NXT, former NXT stars, Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, had a bit of a back and forth next. I don't deal with this. Uh, Bianca Belair was chatting to uh, Gavin Patrick, um, who asked if she, he's, she's ready to face this new version of Rhea Ripley. She says, I'm ready to face anyone. Talked about battling each other in the past, the mutual respect they've got for each other, but uh, Ripley appears soulless since she uh, joined the Judgment Day. She might int- intimidate everyone else in the back, but Belair isn't scared. She's going to walk in, uh, sorry, going to walk the walk at Money in the Bank and retain her title. And then Finn, Damien, and Rhea appear on the screen. Ripley says that uh, they do what they want, or they did what they want, um, and Balor says they uh, knocked Edge off his pedestal, and, and Priest justifies it by saying, well, Edge contradicted his own statements. He said, you know, don't do what people tell you to do, and then he told us stuff to do, basically. He sealed his own fate. Uh, and Ripley says, look, you're, you're only trying to convince yourself when you call yourself the EST. You know why I don't need to do that? Because because I'm me. I just dominate regardless. Uh, I don't claim to intimidate anyone. I just do. I got my teeth knocked loose last week, and I loved it. Uh, I'm going to walk out money in the bank as a two-time champion. You missed the best bit of copy. I might be paraphrasing here. But it was very, very, very close to um, Rhea Ripley said to Bianca Belair, I'm going to eradicate your existence. (laughs) (laughs) It struck me how the job of the WWE creative writer is two-pronged. They can do two things. One, um, no, they've got three. got three three tasks, all in the same promo and the same copyright. Um, Exposition. What did this character do last week? Make it abundantly clear. Remind the audience. Two, what is this character? (laughs) <laughs> um, repeat again what it's all about um, accomplishments if applicable should be listed at the, in this section of the promo and um, you know like what what is their purpose it doesn't matter that we heard it the last few weeks that's just part of the thing that we do <laughs> three do like a sexed up way of saying basically I'm going to kick your ass yeah. or I'm going to win the match uh, yeah it doesn't matter how stupid you, uh, asterisk you will need a thesaurus for this yeah you will need a thesaurus for this Sandy yeah Online. Like a goal bonus if you use alliteration as well. Yeah, so yeah. eradicate your existence is like extra hundred dollars. Well done. You're gonna annihilate your ass. <laughs> like stuff like that. <laughs> but that's the three then eradicate your existence. It's a stupid way of saying I'm gonna beat you up. Yeah, I thought like all of this was trash. Bianca and Blair was actually quite good, I thought, on the mic. Uh, well, so She's I a great baby face. Th- yeah. I think that's it. She's such a good baby face. You're kind of with her being like, Well, you know that these have got like a lot of like of previous these two so you're with her going why are you such a weirdo losing now Rhea like I used to respect her when we had good matches so you can believe that because it feels real because yeah. at the moment she kind of feels like a bit of a weirdo loser they'll have a good match in spite of all this mm. so there's nothing to worry about um, I was reminded when Bianca was like oh you're so soulless now like well 
what she was your mate was she when she stopped to pose on the ramp instead of saving you from Charlotte Flair that time <laughs> <Yeah>. NXT. <laughs> like these have had really good matches in the past. Yeah. Like love that. Remember that Royal Rumble interaction between the two when you knew you were going to get a w- w- between the two of them yeah. and you were going to get this fresh winner and they both felt like they were rising. Cool stuff, you know. So there's loads of history between them, which I like. Uh, this story will be garbage. The match will probably rule. Oh yeah, we'll look forward to it. Money in the bank to see if uh, she's going to massacre her momentum. Austin Theory, uh, Theory, sorry, is backstage chatting to Sarah Schreiber, talking about he's going to be Vince McMahon's best investment. They're going to have a pose down later on in the night. Also took a little shot of John Cena here. Mm-hmm. It's starting. Good. I'm excited for that. I'm not. I don't know. Could go either way. Like. I'm, I'm well in for this. Uh, then we got Chad Gable uh, versus Mustafa Ali, who's <laughs> appropriately his momentum has been absolutely massacred by Maybe WWE. Maybe the Judgment Day. Uh, mate, mate, good point. Um, <laughs> it's like... NWO Black and White X the Nexus X Social Outcasts yeah <laughs> <laughs> X Job Squad X Brood because it's a bit spooky yeah it's the worst bits of every stable ever <laughs> so Ali uh, hit a tornado DDT early on uh, dominated but when he went to the top uh, Otis slid in to try and save his mentor and uh, Ali distracted himself kicking his hands uh, as he was Getting, Gable was getting pulled out of the ring, and Gable recovered, hit the Chaos Theory suplex, one, two, three, his first singles victory in two years, Michael Hamflet. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, sort of remarkable, but then not because he's been a tag wrestler that entire time, or, like, a short guy in Space Jam clothes on SmackDown, not Raw. Uh, but, yeah, fair play to him, I guess. Like, oh, thank you. Mustafa Ali, just getting, getting pinned, getting paid, and trying to get out of there. Like, just... I like watching people having good days at the job. He's just going to work, isn't he? Like, he might as well be. You might as well see him do his commute on the tube. Oh, Christ. It's, it's Monday again. Like, get through this. Get must through be Monday. Oh, it must be Monday. Just yet, yet another instance where being on WWE television, on television, in front of a huge audience, or by modern standards, a big audience, is absolutely detrimental to your mm-hmm. career and getting over and getting buzzed because... When he was requesting his release and he's sort of framing himself as like a renegade and there's a bit of buzz and certainly loads of sympathy extended towards uh, Mustafa Ali. But now he's, I don't know if it's him, it might, some of this might be him or if it's just scripting or what he's getting. He's very lame. Did you see that newscaster shtick that I he did? Yeah. That was so poor. That was so cringe. And even in this, when he was trying to ape the old shoosh, it's like, it's funnier when the guy does it. Yeah. <laughs> And to wait, when Chad Gable did it in the match, he said it so loudly, and it sort of punctured the air because it was, like, kind of dead. Sheesh! <laughs> when he had him in the bone arrow, I think it was. Yeah. Um, my God, he just beat his ass, didn't he? Yeah. Like, when he saw him get dumped on his shoulders with the bridge, so he just looked like a sack of crap, didn't he? Like, <laughs> he just did. He looks like he's just, no one should care about him. He has been vinced. Mm. Then we got Veer Mahan versus... Skip, skip. Same thing as every week. And for that, it's now time for this. It's short, it's crap, it's wrestling related. The five-star review review. Nailed it! (laughs) 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 And this week's five-star review review is brought to you again... By the lovely John from Illinois, who you may remember did our five-star review review last week. Uh, John writes, 
Greetings and salutations, <laughs> Adam and the What Culture Wrestling team. I just got the Raw Review podcast. Cannot thank you enough for the review and the reading of my email. In response to it, I have a few updates for you and some love for Hamlet to inform him of. Uh, health-wise, I am looking down the barrel at six weeks radiation, six weeks off, then a chemo cycle of three separate drugs. I had a fair-sized tumor chilling on my brain Ooh. that took some of my balance and coordination. I re- I've regained most of it, but occasionally battle my left hand and arm when carrying something or typing. It likes to twitch and tremor on its own. Uh, for both Adam and Hamlet, I was committed to Spotify by the time my friend showed me uh, what culture. It's not that I hate Apple. But I hate Apple. Uh, but the second Spotify update and I had star ratings. What Culture Wrestling received a five-star rating. Uh, some Hamlet love. Because you remember, you told this guy who's suffering from cancer to F himself last week. What uh, a complete and utter <laughs> bellend you are. Uh, I may side with Matt Rains uh, in the See, feud. There's good reason. Uh, but here, Cedric. Now you know why. Fine. <laughs> now it's justified. Yeah. Now. Now, now it's fine. Uh, but I loved you and Adam Nicholas's podcast, Horseman. Oh, podcast. thank you, John. Appreciate uh, that. Also received a prompt five-star rating on Spotify as well. Uh, all we, all we do is all I do is gimmick algorithms. <laughs> Just beg for it, like do a podcast and beg for a rating to get it up some charts. Uh, I don't have a five star review review this time around because I heard on the podcast you have a good sized backlog. Anyway, much love to all you guys. Keep up the fantastic work uh, and looking forward to wrestle culture this week. Cheers! Uh, raising my glass of water to all of you, John from Illinois. Um, I just all the best in your recovery, yeah, John. Yeah, it's it's just Take astonishing care. to to receive messages like that. Um, and uh, and awful stuff that obviously you're going through, John. But happy that we can provide some sort of uh, entertainment throughout it all. Do keep us posted on everything. And and do keep listening. Do keep yes. listening and, and make sure you leave us a five star review if you haven't done so already. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you can get five star reviews. Um, but if yeah, if you want your name associated, I really don't like Apple, but just hop on. Just for <laughs> two minutes. <laughs> Hit the star. Come back up and help us out. Well, that's uh, only one. It's fine. If you want to suggest something short, crap, wrestling related to review, uh, you can do so uh, on iTunes, uh, or you can email to me like uh, like John has done, uh, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. So I thought we'd use this opportunity, Hamlet, because we talked <laughs> about Kurt Angle shooting Big Show with a tranquilizer dart to uh, to look into the law of <laughs> Kurt Angle and the Big Show. Um, and into what preceded that. So before we get into the thing we're about to talk about that happened, to keep everyone abreast of everything, that happened before yeah. Kurt Angle shot the big show with Tranquilizer Dart and shaved his head, what happened before the bit we're about to talk about? WrestleMania 20 was not a good night for both Kurt Angle and the big show. Kurt Angle lost to Eddie Guerrero, the big show lost to John Cena, um, and Kurt Angle was facing more time off with another injury. So he kind of conveniently found himself as the general manager of SmackDown after existing general manager Paul Heyman was drafted to Raw and then quit rather than work for Eric Bischoff. So Angle just got the job um, because it'd be funny, I suppose. Uh, The Big Show was pissed off and wanted a match against Eddie Guerrero for the title. Kurt Angle, attempting more than WWE does in 2022 to uphold logic and common sense, said, well, you've just... Lost your US title. Can't just fail upwards. I, ca- I can't give you a title shot. And Big Show's like, I'll put my career on the line. He was like, all right, fine. Can have a title shot. Big Show loses uh, and has thus lost his career. As a result, How often has this happened? As a, as a result of Kurt Angle's stipulation, Big Show has lost his career. What could all those ingredients possibly create on this SmackDown now? Well, <laughs> I've written here, Big Show is walking gormlessly backstage. <laughs> On the, he, is, he just looks like 
just such an idiot. And he's walking backstage, big sweaty mess. Just lost a WWE title match. I've never had one. Have you? Adam Bourne's won one. <laughs> Mike Hawk has probably won. Mike Hawk took a hell of a beating. Well, he was never a winner. Still isn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you have a named wrestler? Yeah. I don't know why, right? But, like, you know when... So your eyes just lit up there. I'm so excited. I didn't realise this was a thing. I'm excited now. Right, okay. Uh, you know when, like, you're growing up and you were... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, sex stallion, you know? No, 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 no. Not like that. This is so... This is Bone Man 420 from last week's <laughs> It's almost oh, oh, bad. But you know when, like, you're growing up and, like, all of your... Uh, it's a huge romance about America, mm-hmm. right? And just everything feels like, if it's from America, it's cool. Yes. It's a country off the telly. Yes. That's what it is. It's, it's a country off the telly. It looks glamorous. Lots of explosions, all the wrestlers, all the superheroes. Yeah. Like all the cool adventures and the goonies. And it's like not obtainable, is it? And yeah. all the chicks and the yeah. karate kids. Chicks in America. And if you go to America, you can get chicks. If you go to karate, if you believe in yourself, you've got the, Ameri- the opportunity because it's a goddamn dream. And you become so enamored with the idea of America being cool. Yeah. That, like, you think some of the names are cool. Yeah. And you think, my God, Kevin, Brad, <laughs> Channing. And, like, you think all of these names are just yeah. goddamn cool. So, obviously, you want the cool wrestler. You want the coolest wrestler, right? So, um, <laughs> my guy, when I was, like, uh, 30 or 40, he was called Seth the Viper. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought he was Seth the Viper, and he had like, you know what I thought was really cool as well? Go on. I loved Mark Merrill's gear. Oh. Mm. So you like Seth the Viper. You had like the uh, CM Punk. It was before CM Punk. I'm, yeah. I was an adult when I liked him. But like, <laughs> yeah, because like, oh, it was supposed to be golden gloves underneath his gloves. Yeah, yeah, tape, that, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it was like Mark Merrow, except good. He's called Seth. Seth the Viper. Rollins and Randy Orton in one wrestling yeah, before they even existed. Yeah, uh, so he's walking gormlessly <laughs> backstage and he sees Tori and Jan, you know, Jan, the makeup lady. Uh, they're having a good old chuckle. And uh, he walks over to him and goes, You laughing at me? I'll wring your neck. You want a bird uncle fight? <laughs> Take it outside. You will know when you pull up. And then she goes, oh, we weren't laughing at you. And he goes, oh, okay, sorry. And then just leaves. That was the <laughs> And Tori says, uh, actually, you know what? I haven't got a match tonight. I think I'm just going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> a ringing endorsement of what was this, 2004, 2004? Oh, I yeah. Uh, it's all dead. Uh, so she goes and puts her bags in her car. Uh, and when she goes to, to get into the, to the front seat, Sho slams the door shut and confronts her again. And he goes, how could you be so cold? You were so cruel. You were laughing at me. Look me in the face and tell me you weren't. And she looks at him and goes, I wasn't. And he goes, you liar! <laughs> uh, and he says, look at me, I'm a man of my word. Now I'm going to have to quit. I'm Stanford's maddest man. <laughs> She's like, I just, just want to get out of here. And he goes... Fine, let me help you. <laughs> Smashes the windows of a car. That's not going to help. First of all, he actually just punches the windows and nothing happens. And then he puts his foot through both of them. Uh, so <laughs> she, she goes, she goes, Show, please, calm down. <laughs> it wasn't my car. <laughs> Except it was a car. This is my car, she says. Uh, and then he, he, just, he sort of realises what he's done. And he, he breaks down and he's, sobbing and he's in a ball and she slowly edges over to him and goes to comfort him and he goes, don't touch me! (laughs) (laughs) 
don't need your pity. And then I've written here, show Donkey Kong's the back window. <laughs> he just gets both fists and goes, Rah! smashes it. Uh, and she's like, whoa, show, chill out, calm down. And he goes, you want calm? Tori. <laughs> I've given up on the show impression. Do you want calm? Tori, do you know what I've done? I said I'd quit. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I like this this transition. You know, they always have to go like, you're like, sorry, how do this, how do you get from A to B? And they go, uh-huh. oh. He goes, do you know why I'm in this position? Because of people like Eddie Guerrero and you. And I was like, what's Tory got to do with all this? He's unhinged. <laughs> anyway, windscreen. Oh, I'm loving the big share. <laughs> anyway, windscreen's buggered now as well. He smashed that in. Uh, and she goes... Show, stop this. You're scaring me. He goes, you want to see something scary? (laughs) (laughs) Flips the car. Flips the car as he does. Uh, And then Tori legs it. She just suddenly goes, oh, I could could just run away. Runs off. Falls down like a bloody horror movie villain on a slight incline, basically. And then he starts walk. Someone in the comments said this. He starts walking like Michael Myers, the slowest I've ever seen him walk. And I've just written, "How does you were he... never faster? No, <laughs> how does he ever catch her? She's running, not in like a you know like at least normally they're like running through a house and they're like, oh bloody hell, this door won't open. I can't in an arena yeah. full of professional wrestlers, full of giant blokes, and she just goes." Oh, God, oh, I need to get away from Big Show. Where's the best place to go? A ledge. That's the best place <laughs> to go. <laughs> right, I did like this bit as well. Kurt, Kurt, there's time some acting now. Kurt's just business, <laughs> Kurt. <now. laughs> he's walking through. He's going into his office, I think. And this bloke runs up, runs up to him and goes, Kurt, Kurt, you've got to help. Tori's in big trouble. And he goes, God, what now? <laughs> <laughs> big Show's got her trapped on a ledge and he's threatening to toss her off. Right, you didn't say that exactly, but I thought it'd be funny yeah, if I really yeah, 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 yeah. it. They can't. <laughs> they run through the building, and yes, they're on a ledge. <laughs> and he's doing this weird thing now. Can you explain this bit? They're on the ledge. He's got a bloody old Tory. He goes, I'm not going to do the accent, because I want to know your analysis of why he's saying this all of a sudden. He goes, look at me. I'm handsome now, aren't I? Where's this come from, show? Mm, pass up. Hopefully the page of a script that was torn up with good reason. Yeah. You uh, said I got a small cock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, she says, do you like me now? She goes, uh, yeah. And he goes, you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to throw her off. He said, people like Jezebel. <laughs> don't take me serious. And Kurt runs, <laughs> Kurt runs out underneath. Nobody takes me serious. Runs out. Ten foot five. Are you having a laugh? Is that a laugh? <laughs> Mommy, I don't door. <laughs> Kurt runs out and goes, Whoa, what are you doing, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, It's car park fighting Wakefield. <laughs> he goes, It's my responsibility, this. Victor's like, damn right, it's your responsibility. He goes, Right, don't move, I'm coming up. <laughs> right. And then the, what happened to the bloke? He's, he's the other done. one, he's like, well, my work here is done. job done. There's a woman on a ledge threatening to be thrown off, but Kurt Angle's on it. So He was required to be the prop guy making the noise of Angle walking up to the ledge. Yeah. <laughs> Some like coconut shell. Yeah. Oh, he's on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, laugh for me, Tory. Laugh. Right. And uh, Kurt Angle's got up there by this point. He says, put her down right now. <laughs> right. Big show goes. Why should I put her down? 
And he goes, <laughs> get the cat angle. Not because you're going to kill an innocent woman. Because, like, think about me. Because I'm not going to lose my job over this. <laughs> it's my ass, Kurt Angle says. It's my ass. <laughs> uh, and, and then he has, like, the bit, you know, the Soccer Saturday clip of, like, oh, well, well, Jeff, maybe you should you should wear glasses because you sometimes need to wear glasses, don't you, Jeff? <laughs> and the rubbish yeah, put yeah. down that. He goes, well, well and, 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 if you think Eddie Guerrero gave you problems, I'll give you worse. <laughs> He's so rubbish. Put it down, right? Right, and he puts her down. She ah, puts her down. Laser, laser, doesn't throw her off the ledge or anything like that. And now, what is the thought process here? So, Kurt Angle, objective achieved. You've calmed Big Show down enough that he's not going to throw an innocent woman to her death, presumably. His next words are, cut it out. Now, get away from me, you big jerk. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, Big Show goes, what? Grabs him by the throat. Throws him off the ledge, and I was going to, on the way into work today, buy a large piece of meat so I could throw it on the floor <laughs> to simulate the splat sound that everyone, from the comment section to you two to fill in the office, has said the noise of that. I can't do it, but the noise of... That's a clap. Yeah, of... Kurt Angle hitting a concrete floor has remained with them forever. Should we just try and do it with our mouth? He's been picked up. <laughs> He's got his mangled leg. There's blood coming out from the back of his head. It's terrifying, this. And this clip ends. See you next week. Well, it's, that's the point that's funny, isn't it? It's funny. <laughs> like, the, he's bleeding from the back of his head. It's pooling around the back of his head, and his legs and arms are bent the wrong way. It's so funny. <laughs> like it's, 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 I don't know if they've done that with the intent to make it seem dramatic, because it's piss funny. And then Angle immediately became like a Bond villain dictatorial presence on SmackDown. So uh, maybe it's just Kurt. Maybe his comedic power is such that it's impossible for this to be played seriously. It's, it's brilliant. Terrible. terrible. It is terrible. That sound is still physically repulsive in a way mm. that makes you think, ooh, like the, the, the actual Foley effect was really well done, mm. which is miles removed from a member, um, Elias and yeah, Corbin. That's the one I was, <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those Simpsons gags where, like, for about six episodes in season four, got obsessed, and it's a hilarious runner <laughs> where, like, a car just <laughs> careens off the road and then it explodes. Yeah. And they do it with, like, shopping trolleys and stuff like <laughs> a that. Le a leaf delicately broke yeah, off yeah. the ground. <laughs> so, anyway, after that ordeal, uh, we go to the comments section. Uh, uh, right, how are people going to masturbate at this? That's <laughs> my key concern here. They'll get there, don't worry. Uh, but once again, he's doing <laughs> it. They always get there. The reviews of myself, the daddy boys, John from Illinois, or anyone at What Culture Wrestling. Um, but as I said, a lot of comments, I just sort of, to summarise, said, I watched this when I was a child. This scarred me for life, especially that noise. Snack rums not quite the same memory of it. He writes, Yo, this junk had me and my brother rolling back in the day, lol. We always cracked up when they showed Kurt Angle up on the floor with his bent leg, lol. <laughs> Uh, uh, Shankle Shankle writes, Kurt's flattened position on the floor makes it look like he's running for the bus. He looks... He looks, he looks like dead. A, if you put an axe in his hand, he looks like the uh, Insane Clown Posse's Juggalo logo. <laughs> you know, that, like that clown that's sort of running. Yeah. The axe. He looks like that. His arms and legs are that expressive. Oh, like the Italian 90? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love that guy. The red and... Yeah, the red, white and green stick, stick man stick guy man with the ball guy, for a yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. What was he called? I think he was called Chow. 
Genuinely. Really? Yeah. I, so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> After that. Nobody needs to swear like this, and I'm not going to Google it right now. Uh, Mikey Whispers. I think he was called Luigi. <laughs> Mikey, Mikey Whispers, right. Uh, Who? Th- Mikey Whispers. I'm sure there's a different voice you can use. Right. Mikey uh, Whispers. Mikey Whispers says, I'm 32 now. I remember this as a kid. Can anyone explain how they pulled this off? No way he threw Kurt to the floor. Sorry, what? how far back do we have to go? Like, it's a, it's a body double, first of all. And there's a mattress underneath, and yeah. you don't actually see the moment of impact. So what they're doing um, in, like, when the film things on television, <laughs> it's, it's called editing. Whoa, Tom Cruise got shot. <laughs> so what they do is they, um, seamlessly as humanly possible, they um, cut between the bit where he falls to an unseen landing space. Mm-hmm. Cut. Right. Reel him in, dress him up, put some makeup on the back. Should I have to explain basic editing to people? No, yeah, I don't okay. give up. Obviously, I do, but... Mm. Yeah, he was called Chow. It's absolutely fine. Okay. I, was, I, was, I was always fine. Um, can... Pop quiz quickly. Can either of you remember what the... Not remember. None of us were alive. What the uh, English for was one was five. called for 1966. Oh, Rory or something like that? It is a lion. Yeah. What's this? a lion. Uh, the mascot for the uh, 1966 World Lion, Cup. Lion, I remember. I uh, Lionel. Nope. That's the alliteration. I'm Vince Brained. I'm Vince Brained. No, it's World Cup Willie. That's it, World Cup Willie. Of course. It's Scottish, that. I was like, <laughs> wasn't in uh, Hampton Park, was it? Bloody no. Wembley. <laughs> Bloody Wembley. Could you know who the uh, mascot is for uh, uh, this year's World Cup? Benny. Did you just want your hundred dollar bonus of Benny Boner? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, jump back to the comments. <laughs> Walking erect cock with bollocks for feet. <laughs> oh, the reputation of the Qatari World Cup's in ruin. It's Benny Boner. Sammy Snake. Got two eggs. Uh, right, John Bastano, <laughs> six months ago, right? Tori didn't even do anything. Which is a valid point. Yeah. Uh, I also love these. You, you'll love this as well, Sige. You know, when someone's like, it, where, it, normally it's on Twitter, but it's even better when it's a YouTube comment section because it's even more like, come on. When they're like, I'm on, just nails me, right? Tyler Crane writes, <laughs> imagine if you un- unintentionally pissed someone off and they responded by doing this to your car. And Scotty writes, <laughs> I'd intentionally put some hot lead in their stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I point the gun like sideways. <laughs> <laughs> and look really cool. <laughs> they call me Set the Viper. <laughs> <laughs> truck Bros. Everyone's reminiscing. <laughs> everyone's reminiscing. Uh, truck Bros. It's part of this. You know, people saying, oh, I was eight years old when this happened, and blah, blah, blah. And I remember this. Truck Bros writes, I was 20 years old when this incident happened and still a virgin. I don't know if that means. <laughs> I don't know why that is included as well. He needs to speak to. Stoner Bro 420, because since 16, he's been getting laid every week. Every week. <laughs> every single Shave week. Shave his head. That's what he's got. That's, That's what you do, truck, bro. Shave your head. It's all about confidence. You can still get pussy show. That's what they said last <laughs> week. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Now we're into... Well, one, one more. Uh, <laughs> HDK <laughs> just writes... Not really the central point of this. And also quite dismissive. Writes... Broad had a sh** car, lol. <laughs> <laughs> broad! This broad's got a... 
Uh, right, final couple of comments. You wondering? We've got it. Uh, just, I'm wondering how they get there. I'm actually a little bit scared about how they get there. You know, a, just it's, a scared it's, woman. I'm worried. I'm worried. It's a, it, it's Tori Wilson on camera. That's how they get there. Tim Tim Duncan writes. <laughs> Imagine that. This takeaway from Big Show trying to kill Kurt Angle is Tori's super pretty. I wonder if you've got any videos of her barefoot matches. That would be awesome. <laughs> That's how they got there. Yeah. Any more, any more shots of the feet? Like if she got thrown off, you get to see her feet. <laughs> <laughs> And final comment. She's got broken legs, but her shoes have come off. <laughs> final comment comes from uh, Rary Gold, who writes, <laughs> not afraid to use myself, Daddy Boys, what culture wrestling? Tori, Tristratus, Tristratus, and Stacey Keebler versus me in a handicap match in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> also, Sable could be referee. I wish, haha, I jizzed in my pants. <laughs> Sable could be ref. Do not touch me, Sable. You'd be the referee. Count the four. Get out. <laughs> So once again, uh, thank you to John <laughs> from Illinois. If you want to suggest something hey, maybe short. Maybe can run into my cack. Any more, <laughs> any more Big Show stuff? I, I love doing Big Show material. It's all out there. Yeah. Requested He's been around for 20 f***ing years. So there's no shortage of material with that prick. Jesus Christ. This week's five-star review is how f***ing pleased he was. We've got no more BS t-shirt. And I'm not even the real surprise. Uh what cool dressing on iTunes? Leave us a five star review, short crap and wrestling related. Or you can email them to me, just like John from Illinois did. Uh, Adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. We return to the raw review. Main event? It is time for the main event. Good. One more thing. Just, uh, just on that, on the Paul White thing. Not only was he, well, looks like I'm just here to give the scoops. And he had to say, <laughs> I'll tell you who you think, it's not CM Punk. He basically had to say that. So he's like, in his own introduction, he's like the third most important guy. Like <laughs> Christian Cage it's me, CM it's Punk. not Punk, it's Christian. It isn't it? You can't say it's not Punk, don't think it's Punk. But it's someone good, yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not me, basically. I'm not going to be wrestling I'm much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's time for the first ever Theory Invitational Pose Down to Main Event Monday Night Raw. Um, <coughs> out comes Theory and Lashley. Lashley's entrance is a bit oh, of a post theory. Wow. It's basically that. Pierce explains the rules. They've got to do three poses, double bicep, side chest, and most muscular. That must be a real thing. That must oh, be the dear. name of their things. Yeah. And the thing is, because I've watched so much of Vince Vaughn's products, I knew most of these. And I've seen pose downs with most muscular because he's like spaffed it all over WWE TV like multiple times over the years. Mm. Where was. Um, never mind double bicep. Where was double arse cheek? Remember when Leo Rush was Bobby Lashley? Showing them glutes. Yeah, that was class. Yeah. They should have like at least dug into that a little bit. Ezekiel Jackson had a great uh, all. Yeah, more, most oh, muscular. Yes. Yeah. Traps in the shoulders bigger came off of Bobby's own head. Bigger than his, so bigger great, than his, isn't it? Look at that. It was bigger than your head. <laughs> <laughs> so Theory starts doing his stick, and either Pierce in storyline was just like, I'm not, I'm not letting you get away with this, or was looking at the clock going, to get this show finished. So he was like, just stop posing or I'll disqualify you. So Theory does his poses and he looks very good. And Poseman like, Pierce. Actually sarcastically applauses. And uh, and then Lashley says, right, my turn. I'm going to beat you in the pose down, beat you in the ring and take the United States title. And Lashley did his poses and looked huge doing it, of course. 
theory says, oh, all right, yeah, we, that was good, wasn't it? Um, uh, who reckons I won? All right, who reckons Bobby Lashley won? Yay! Of course, Bobby Lashley w- wins. They were the fakest piped-in cheers. Were really. And the, and the arena went quite dark as well. That was yeah. tells you something. Yeah. They did not stick around for Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> Theory uh, responded to this loss by squirting baby oil in uh, Bobby Lashley's face, uh, dropping him out of the ring and posing with a title belt as the show finished. Just about every pose down you've ever seen. Like almost, almost nothing to add other than why would Lashley care about any of this? <laughs> I think the story is useless. Like such a lousy follow-on for Lashley. You actually make him. You genuinely make him. What are you gonna do? Relegate him. <laughs> Rubbish. All it made me think of was, oh, I missed the Scott Steiner Triple H post down. I was like, you think you're on the juice? He'll check this out. It just, and it, that works backwards all the way because the one before that that springs to mind probably for you as well, Cedric, is Warrior and Rick Rude. Now, now they were blokes. Yeah, they, they were, were blokes with muscles. <laughs> I think I know where they got them from, but they were blokes with muscles, and that's all I'm saying. You need a bit of work to get them as well. Oh, yeah. You cannot just... You've got you to... You gotta go, and then you've got to go, but you can't do it in Vincent Mann's gym. Did you see that sign? Uh, Drew McIntyre oh, yeah, took a selfie to, at the no gym. No noise or something. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, not groaning. Not grunting and groaning, please, at the gym. It's like Vince. Oh, so save that for Mondays. What are you? <laughs> Crazy workouts. Nothing louder sh- than that. A shush after <laughs> a, a good set. You know, like the fight in the other guys at the funeral. You've seen that. Smash your fucking head. <laughs> good set, bro. Yeah, you've done it. Ridiculous. Anything you want to say about the, uh, let me just get this right, Thin theory invitational pose down? No, not really. Should we have some lunch? Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at What Culture W. Missed is one thing, but like getting baby oil in your eyes, it's like it's a bitch move. <laughs> <laughs> just wipe them. But it's fine. Just wipe them. And like, kind of like, lastly, look better the more oil we had in my yeah. face. I was like, oh, yeah, look at his chest now. I know he's in, supposed to be in pain, but like, stay there a second. You know, like when Orton used to come out and they'd have the sparks fly. Down. Yeah. What if now Lashley does that? Entrance with his little plinth, and then baby oil falls from the ceiling. Oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at what culture WWE on Twitter? You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at what culture WWE. As I said, uh, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and the Dadleys. We'll be back later on today to look ahead to NXT. Oh, but for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to the Dadley Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.